This is Seeds for Success, a show where we have a good yarn about ag life with producers who are having a go. On the show, you'll hear from farmers in New South Wales who are out there battling the elements, making tough calls and getting the job done. You'll get a laugh out of some of their stories and also pick up some know-how along the way. I'm your host, Narrowly Brennan. Today, we're chatting with Gabby Neal. Gabby hails from Condobolin in central west New South Wales, where she was born into a wool-growing family and has spent her childhood surrounded by merino wool. Although Gabby has spent time in Sydney and New York fulfilling her passion for fashion and marketing, the pull to come home and contribute to her family business has remained strong. In this episode, Gabby shares with us how during the most recent drought, as she worked alongside her family feeding sheep, she developed an overwhelming need to help her family and the wool industry beyond the farm gates. And it was during this time that she realised there was a gap in the market to promote this forgotten fibre to the fast fashion generation. As you'll hear, Gabby has drawn on her experience gained from working on the farm and in the fashion industry to launch her own sustainably produced wool clothing label, Intact. And as Gabby explains, her clothing company aims to challenge the outdated perception of wool as a dense winter-only choice and showcase wool in a whole new light. Senior Land Service Officer Jasmine Wells caught up with Gabby while she was on a recent trip home to the family farm. Gabby, thanks so much for meeting me here today. No, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your label, Intact, how it got started and what does the label represent? Intact, first and foremost, is a new women's wear label aimed at inspiring a new way to wear wool. I'm from Condoblin, central New South Wales, and have grown up on a property there with my mum and dad and two older sisters. And from a young age, I've always had an interest in fashion. My life has always entwined between the two. Mine are my earliest fashion memories, as they say. I was planning to run away from home. I had my Paddington Bear suitcase and packed my pink Ted and my good dress. And I think I got as far as the silos, about 20 metres outside the house before I went over to Nana's. He lives about 100 metres from the house. So I think I've always just ongoing, you know, mum used to sew our clothes at home on the dining table and all my hand-me-downs from the sisters. But yeah, always creative as well. So then I went to, did a stint in boarding school in Sydney and would always come home for the school holidays. We always helping out on the farm, doing harvest and mustering sheep. I ended up, yeah, going on to study fashion design and business in Sydney and then followed a career in marketing and PR within the fashion landscape. I was lucky enough to go over to New York at one stage, travelled between Sydney and New York. It was about 2017, 2018, in the height of the drought and I was in New York and I was just seeing what was happening back home on the property and what everyone was going through and on the back of my mind, what could I do? Is there anything aside from using my platform in my landscape to kind of promote platforms like Buy From The Bush and things like that? I was always thinking, what could be my contribution? I had always been sewing my clothes, but at the time I was a talent manager in Sydney and I'd come home for the Don Brown wool competition here in Condo and got speaking to a few people and yeah, we kind of landed on why young people why aren't they wearing wool and why isn't it cotton and linens having a huge moment, but why not wool? And it got on to, it was the education piece. Young people just 
weren't aware. They didn't know what the benefits were and it just wasn't as promoted as much. So I thought, I don't know, I just had kept that in the back of my mind and I went back to my job. And at the time I was looking after this male model, amazing bloke, and he got invited to the polo in Melbourne. So my job, I had to find him a suit to wear. Obviously, I was just trying to think of what brands and straight away MJ Bale came to mind. So I went around, sent an email to MJ Bale, just pitching this concept and he had a couple hundred thousand Instagram followers at that stage. And I didn't think much of it. And then a couple of weeks later, I got an email from them saying, yep, amazing. We'd love to dress him and we'll do our pursuit. So I was like, oh, oh, wow. So then I had to go back to the model and be like, look, I've got you this amazing suit. And he wasn't aware of MJ Bale and what that meant. So I had to communicate that and explain you've got a pretty good deal here. Like, this is pretty great. So off he went and he got measured up. And when I actually, a few months ago, when I, after I'd launched Intact, I hit him up and asked, we still got the suit? And he came back to me like, yeah, it's the best body suit I've had. It'll last a lifetime. I could put that thing in a shredder and it still won't die. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. But I think being able to dress him, I think I really saw that was a bit of a moment. I could educate a young person about the benefits of wool and get them to feel and appreciate what it is and how it feels next to skin. After that, yeah, I was like, why not? Why can't I do this? So I went about trying to start my own label. That's one of the things about your label, Gab, is that you're trying to break that mindset that wool is not really one of the more fashionable fibres that we use. And you're trying to get that mindset away from it being a bit itchy and a bit rough. And I know I've seen some of your products and they're just really soft and quite fashionable and they're not some big cable knit jumper. Yeah, that's it. We really want to challenge those outdated misconceptions of wool as an itchy, scratchy winter only fibre that's your nana knitted hand-me-downs kind of thing. We really want to, yeah, showcase it in a new light. And I think that's just the mission. It's inspiring a new way of wool and hopefully we can succeed. (laughs) Like I have to admit, I should say for the listeners, full disclosure, Gabby's one of my surrogate sisters. So she's my sister-in-law's sister. So we've spent many, many months in the paddocks harvesting or moving sheep together. And while she always looks glamorous, I've seen her (laughs) looking not so glamorous. And when I heard that she was looking into this, I was like, wow, you know, like it's not something that is a talk on the two-way while you're out there doing this (laughs) sort of stuff, but it makes perfect sense. So how has your family farm been an influence for you? Wool is something I've been surrounded by my entire life. And I think growing up on a farm, yeah, I've got two older sisters. And I think as a young age, mum and dad always trying to educate us about what they do and what the properties of wool are and, you know, the supply chain and how, what it goes from on the back of the sheep and then the shearing shed and where it goes from there. Dad, we've been to the wool sales in Sydney and we've gone to see how that all works, which is just absolutely incredible. Those wool auctions are some of the fastest in the world, only behind tobacco. It was pretty cool. And I think, yeah, growing up on the farm as a young kid, like we were always mustering sheep and had all that responsibility as a young age. And I think you kind of get a bit of confidence with that. What I'm doing and the farm, like I said, the drought, like I'm always linked to condo and the farm and wanting to do my bit. And I think this is using my skill set in a way and my interests. It's just, I might not be on the farm every 365 days a year, but I'm there, like you said, during harvest and when they need. And in my way, this is my small contribution to promote an Aussie fibre than one that dad and my sister are now on the farm, like what they're trying to work towards as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so how do you think working in 
agriculture like you're one of the women in ag you mightn't be there every day <laughs> day in and out but some days you're certainly one of the women like getting down and dirty in the paddock like it's just you're amongst it and how do you think that's helped you build your confidence and how that's helped with your business now I think at the end of the day you know it shows growing up a farm like seeing people work out there and every day you know sunrise to sunset is the value of hard work and if you're not going to do it you've got to do it the next day like you've got to be able to make momentum and you've got that responsibility just the intrinsically little tidbits like feeding the dogs or collecting the eggs and mustering sheep out the back like you get that responsibility so then when you're older and you're in certain circumstances you're able to take charge and take the lead and kind of go and get shit done so I live on the south coast now and there was one moment when I was testing out the singlet. I was went for a run along Mollymook there and I saw a lady run past and she had an Allbirds singlet on. And I saw the icon and I was running along. I was like, oh, that must be, you know, my mind, Allbird, the wool shoes, which are pretty cool. So I, I don't know, I was running along and then she stopped at the bubbler and I was like, oh, I might just tap her on the shoulder and figure out what's it like to run in. And anyway, I tapped her on the shoulder and we got chatting and I was like, oh, like that's Allbird singlet, is that wool? And she's like, yes. Like, oh, you know, like I'm about to start my own label as well. And this is my wool singlet. And we got chatting, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it turns out she's the fashion editor of the Australian Financial Review. So what are the chances me just deciding, oh, I'm just going to take a chance and tap her on the shoulder. But yeah, the little moments like that, like I think it all just kind of builds up and progresses over the years. But I think, yeah, the confidence to put your hand up and go out and do something and do it yourself and just ask questions and get it done. Absolutely. Yeah, that, I think that certainly shines through in your personality. And so you're committed to sustainability. Can you tell us about Intax values around that? Yeah, I think first and foremost, wool is a natural fibre. It's circular. It's completely biodegradable. It's a natural wonder, which is incredible. And I think any business and just generally we as a society are moving towards a more sustainable life just in everyday things, you know, you're recycling, you're choosing, you know, not plastic bags at the grocery shop. We're all making those choices subconsciously throughout the day. And as a brand, especially a new one to market, it's a no-brainer. Like you can't not go into market, not thinking about these things. We're quite lucky intact. We started with the end in mind using a fiber that is inherently natural, biodegradable and circular. And, you know, we do through other processes within the business, like a lot of digital quotes and electronic receipts instead of printing them. When we ask for the manufacturers, they send the product over instead of having individual garment poly bags, we get them to bulk. So it's reducing the amount of plastic. In Melbourne, a couple of months ago, I went to a trade show and there was a few talks and in the fashion side of things, that's a massive conversation at the moment. How can they reduce their footprint? What are the little things? And at this talk, they were going as far as to suggest removing one button as opposed to having a full shirt full of buttons and the zips. And it's really considering what's that end of life going to be. And at the end, are you going to hand it down to your child? Or if it goes into landfill, how long is it going to take to decompose? And deconstructing the garments first before it goes into landfill. Like, what about the thread you're using? The buttons, are they plastic? Are they wood? Or it's just a really interesting time, I think, as well. There's so much innovation around it. But I think as a brand, I would love to work towards a circular future. And wool itself, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, you could probably throw it in the compost in six months. It'll probably, yeah, provide those valuable nutrients back into the soil. But it's just something we're committed to. And I think the name that says it quite a bit, you know, we want to keep everyone's footprint and their wardrobes intact. And we want that kind of to be a fully circular future. 
Gabby, where did you get the inspiration from for the name Intact? Yeah, exactly. I was in the sheepyards with dad. We were, and you know, I think he was trying to explain something about the process and how it goes. Anyway, and he made the comment, I think that's just how, it was a word that came up in industry, keep it intact, or that's how the system, the process, something intact. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Stuck with me. And we brainstormed a few other names and that one I just kept coming back to because I think there was there's a few, a lot of other touch points that kind of feed into it. I think wool, well, it's a circular fiber. It keeps from farm to fashion intact and doing my bit to contribute to the wool industry. Like it might help it keep intact and promoting wool. It gives a natural choice and a natural alternative for others. And I think, you know, it keeps the wardrobe intact. And yeah, there's a lot of different touch points to it. And that definitely stuck with me. And obviously when we worked with the designer to kind of come up with the logo and the design and the branding, I really wanted that to kind of shine through. And so the eye and there's a full stop at the end of intact and it's a semicircle. So the full stop links back to the eye. So it keeps the name intact. And on the N on the intact, obviously N is my last name, Neil, but there's a a slight curve in the end that represents the yarn, the curve in the merino yarn. And then, yeah, the brand stamp is the two of them coming together and they come together and it keeps it intact. It's a neat and tidy little with a bow on it. <laughs> That's great. There's been a lot of thought going to it and it links back to where it all started, which is what I love. Yeah, I think, yeah, from farm to fashion, keeping it intact. I think that's brilliant. And so how did you go about getting started? Did you go look at different manufacturers and where do you manufacture your goods? I know it's 100% Australian wool. Yeah, so I think when we started my mission, you know, I really wanted it to be Australian made. Obviously Australian grown, Australian made. And as I went through the process, I realized that was quite expensive and why a lot of brands are going offshore at the moment. But also starting the business and what I went through there, it was very much just asking questions. Obviously, I did have formal studies in fashion, so I had a top level idea of what went on. I also went interned for a designer in Sydney for a month or so while I was in between jobs. And that was just tremendous. Like I learned so much how the process there but I guess our garments, they're all knitted. So we need a knitting machine. It's not just a sewing thing. It's not cut and sew. So in terms of what, how I went, obviously the first point of call was Woolmark, AWI. You know, they're the global authority on wool and they have a great team there supporting people wanting to get into wool. And they've got the Wool Lab, which has got all the amazing innovations and new product ranges that are out there. And they've got some great contacts as well. But I worked with a lady and she had some contacts and to get me started. And we had our first batch manufactured in China. Like I said, it wasn't the first choice, but after you kind of go along, you realize at the moment they're the experts. They've got all the machines and wool gets exported over there anyway. So it gets clean and scoured and all that processing is done overseas anyway. So then it's more of an expense to get it back to Australia. So I may as well get it made while it's over there and then get the final garments sent back. But we're looking yeah, at changing up um, Vietnam's an up and coming region, India as well. So we're looking yeah, elsewhere. But like I said, they've been amazing to work with and Woolmark have been working through their contacts as well, making sure we're using reliable people and industry recognized as well, especially working with wool. Um, and the suppliers, but yeah, the whole way, making sure that it's obviously 100% Australian merino wool. But yeah, I got some samples made, did some drawings up, got some samples made and made some fittings. And you kind of do that process back and forth just to get the right fit. And yeah, landed on the capsule wardrobe that we've got at the moment. We've got a singlet, a t-shirt and a long sleeve and hoping to expand that out. 
But yeah, it's been interesting and I'm forever learning and I think it's been a really exciting journey. It sounds exciting and there's just so much more to it. Most of our listeners would have at some stage moved a mob of sheep and certainly worn wool, but there's just so much in between that that people, well, I know I hadn't really thought about it until we got talking. So do you think that our consumers understand the value of buying an Australian product and really supporting that industry? It's a really interesting question because I think inherently as Australian consumers, we've been brought up to want to search for Australian like produce and Australian products in terms of the marketing, especially for us. We are heroing a homegrown fibre. But at the end of the day, I do think, especially, you know, the way the economy is as well, it comes down to the wallet. Price is an incredible motivator and it does come down to whether it's designed and made in Australia versus designed and made elsewhere. I think Intact, you know, short term, we're coming out with a new range and we've got some exciting colours and we're inspiring a new way to web wool. So I'm excited to bring new products to market that people wouldn't necessarily think would be wool, like the t-shirts, the singlets, the dresses, your summer and spring clothing. Medium, I'd love to have a bigger team and bigger product range and just a bigger presence. And I think eventually long-term, it would be pretty cool to be the All Birds of Australia. I'd love to have intact a household name and people wearing wool in summer and understanding what Australian wool means and where it comes from right through from rural New South Wales, Australia to the cities. I think it's very possible, like what you've achieved in such a short time and your knowledge of the industry. I think that really shines through. Are you concerned about the wool industry? My sister's on the farm and my parents as well. And I'm lucky in a position I can kind of have a bit of an understanding from what's happening on the farm and on the ground side of things versus the fashion end. And obviously we're all, it's a discerning at the moment with skill shortages, shearing, we know that's been a bit of a hassle through COVID. But then it's also kind of two prongs on the other side on the, where Woolmark are doing some amazing things. There's some pretty incredible innovations coming out. Hayden Shapes did this amazing collaboration with Dion Lee and they came out with a wetsuit lined with Australian merino wool. And, you know, first thoughts, you would be like, why is wool in a bloody wetsuit? But yeah, it's obviously once you understand the properties of wool, you realise that it can work and it serves a purpose. And yeah, at the other end, like your high fashion houses, like they're obviously wool is a premium luxury fibre and it's woven into a lot of their collections. But yeah, Woolmark are doing some amazing things and I, all those innovations and that's what I want to bring through intact. I want to bring those to market and show them in a way so that Joe Blow down the road can actually see what it can be done and what it can be transformed into. You mentioned Joe Blog. What is your target audience? Is there a specific target audience? Or? Yeah, I think as a new business, you go to market with an idea of who your target customer is. And it's been a couple of months now and we've kind of realized you've got to adapt like any business. Our target market, we'd love to inspire young people like Gen Z. That's a major target market. But then also when we put the ads out into the universe, we realized the skew of demographic who are actually searching and typing in merino clothing online. So it was really interesting. So you can be quite general as well. Also with the products that you come out with, you can be really targeted. So in the capsule wardrobe that we've got, you know, the singlet can be the niece or the teenager or like the young person wearing it. And then the t-shirt might be like my mom loves wearing her t-shirt. She wears it all the time. I wear the t-shirt. I guess it's just the different products. Generally at the moment, it's women. Eventually, you know, hopefully we can expand the moment women probably age that 25 plus is where we're looking at. And so you've used social media as your main platform to get the brand out there? Yeah, 
Definitely. So we have the website and social media has been a huge thing, especially just it's the way you connect with everyone at the moment. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok has been huge. Social media is just a great free resource to leverage and to get the brand out there. Definitely. And what steps would you recommend to a person who wants their product to stand out in what's already a crowded market? You need a point of difference. They always say, if you want to start a business, you can either invent something new. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to do it better. And I think it's just having that point of difference. Like for us, it's inspiring a new way to wear wool. We're obviously doing summer and spring items. But I think if you're bringing a new product to market in a saturated market, that is, you just have to be loud and proud, leverage social media, just keep chatting. The more people you can network with and chat with, the better. But I think, yeah, you've got to have a point of difference and you've got to have a strong mission statement. And I think staying true to that as well. What advice would you give to other people who are wanting to launch a new product? First and foremost, getting the product up and running. And if you know, you're in that research phase, it's just asking questions. You don't know what you don't know and you'll never know until you ask questions. And I also think if no is the worst possible case scenario, then that's not a good enough excuse. Keep going. Just hustle, get momentum going. You've just got to get shit done. Just ask questions. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. Don't be afraid to hear no. Yeah, I think and just keep going. And if you believe in yourself and your product and your idea, it'll work out and just keep going. And I think that's the best thing. And even for me, and I think we spent about 12 months getting intact up and running, but you could tell the difference. What you put in is what you get out and building that momentum and running with it and just launching a new product, especially what I was doing. I'm not afraid to ask questions. I think it was like, yeah, it's conversation. And most people, they're happy to help. They're happy to give their insight. And I think just keep going. And so you've had a few mentors and supporters along the way proud to say I've had quite a few mentors at different stages of my career and you know they've all been female as well which has been amazing but I think coming back mum and dad on the farm have been seeing the operation they're running there growing up as a kid and I think you don't realize until you're a bit of an adult what they did for you when you're a kid and what they were doing at the same time as being mum and dad and coming to your sporting games on the weekend and what they're actually going through and you know the drought and putting us through school I think just seeing yeah, how they operate a business and how they hold themselves as well, just in the community and their attitudes to life. And I've obviously had two amazing older sisters and probably count you as one of them, putting me in my place every so often, <laughs> showing me the way, um, letting me make mistakes along the way as well. But yeah, I'm proud to say I've got a lucky few mentors that I can lean on and ask questions when I need. So people getting started, if they don't have that already, it's really important to seek that out, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's figuring out what you want help with first. And then I found an amazing mentor. I reached out on LinkedIn, cold call and messaged her and said, ask, you know, do you offer mentoring sessions? And she did. But I think you've got to be clear about what you want help with. And also as well, like at the end of the day, you know your product better than anyone else. You should take on people's feedback, but maybe it's not always right for you. But I definitely think, yeah. Having someone that you can lean on, like my sister has been an amazing help getting the brand up and running. It's just a different skill set and a different viewpoint on certain scenarios. But yeah, I don't think you need to do things alone, whether that's just around the dining table at night or if it's at the coffee shop, asking people for feedback is a huge thing. It's just nice to have someone along the ride with you. And what does the immediate, more immediate future hold for you? What are your plans over the next couple of months? Next couple of months, it's definitely working on the summer campaign. So promoting wool as a summer-friendly fibre. We've got, yeah, like I said, we've got some new colours and some new items coming out, which I'm really excited for. 
But I also think I'm not looking ahead too much. I'm kind of taking it day by day. And we've got some amazing interviews scheduled on the blog, which is exciting, getting people wearing wool and showing us how they're wearing wool. But yeah, at the moment, we're also doing a lot of planning and around that education piece and what do people need to be educated on versus what they want to be educated on and the social content piece. But yeah, in the meantime, it's just getting people wearing wool in summer. (laughs) And fitting harvest in there somewhere too. Yes. Hopefully we'll see with all this rain. <laughs> True. There'll be a harvest. It just might mean a few just mornings when. of pulling out machines. And... <laughs> that's it. Well, maybe I might give me some time to work on intact. Absolutely. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's definitely the case. Thank you so much for your time today, Gabby. No, Really appreciate you. it. Thank I'm you for having me. I'm excited to see what the future holds. Yes. No, thank you. Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Central West Local Land Services. Local Land Services delivers advice and support to farmers, landholders and the community across New South Wales. To learn more, you can find us online by searching for Central West Local Land Services. If you'd like more information about the topics we discussed today, as well as links to relevant articles, fact sheets, events and other helpful resources, we've added those into the show notes for this episode. You can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player now. Hey, and while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other farmers find the show. I'm your host, Narrowly Brennan, and I'll chat to you next time.